Hello, this is the house on Valencia Street. I'll be your host. I use explicit language. Topics will include ghosts and the paranormal, psychic ability. Let's see what else. Hmm. Mm -mm. Moving a little bit slow here. I just knocked my water glass over, so I was distracted. Uh, what am I going to cover here? And it goes paranormal, psychic ability, rape, incest, murder, uh, suicide, emancipation, foster care, uh, recovery, therapy, Buddhism, uh, huh, kink, BDSM, uh, getting old. <laughs> Yeah, to quote Betty Davis, it's not for sissies. It ain't for sissies. No. Mm -mm. Yeah, it's sobering. You betcha. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, this is, I'm putting a little fence around my house verbally. Putting a little fence around my house verbally here. Uh, say that this is from the incest and rape survivor's perspective. Domestic violence uh, survivor's perspective. Um, this is coming from my perspective as I see fit using the language that I like. Nobody's going to tell me I'm too shocking. No one's going to tell me I'm not welcome here. My house. In my house, we talk about things. We're honest. Kind of a cup of tea and say, yeah, I, I sometimes have triggered memories and I, I have to kind of pause or I can't date for a year or two. Um, or I can't, uh, I got to go to a therapist or, you know, you got to think about these things. Or maybe I had a traumatic experience with a therapist. And so I have to be careful when I approach, you know, all kinds of things to think about, right? So this is an environment where people who have walked through what we've walked through don't have to be on somebody else's microphone for a true crime podcast, which sometimes that feels really good to network and to be validated because this is a new place. You know, this is a new, the podcast industry. Thank you, Mark Marin uh, from WTF. You, uh, I used to be diehard following you from Air America Radio and then watching what you did with WTF and you know I just was listening to you this week and um, I come and go with that series but uh, grateful for his you know back then what was a fucking podcast right <laughs> anyway here we are oh boy what is it uh, July 28th 2021 last hour or two there were a couple owls outside, and here it is about 4, 4.30 in the morning now, 4.28, something like that. Uh, there was a mature owl with a deep voice, and then there was a younger owl. And they're a bit like uh, morning doves, you know, the hoodoo and owl. I sat there and I was listening to it, and I tested about three or four of my microphones. I don't have a decent headset microphone for my cell phone. I tried three different ones and the recording quality wasn't decent. The only decent microphone I have is the one I'm talking on, or somewhat decent. Uh, and I have to USB that into my, my box, my desktop PC here. So so that means when I'm talking to you, I'm wearing this microphone that makes me feel like I'm underwater. Because, you know, the headset's like wraps around your ears and uh, then the boom microphone. I had a beautiful, I had this beautiful story I was telling on this podcast. And because I had wrapped my ears with the, you know, headset, the microphone saw one unit. Uh, I had a, I'd been doing some meal prep and uh, there was this uh, timer 
this climber go beep 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 i'm like and i'm having this impassioned plea going oh this is like the groovy stuff baby let me tell you it's passionate heartfelt beep 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 and i was like oh <laughs> so i tell you uh here we are in this little podcast land um there's some choices i've made thus far in the last three or four months of creation of the house on valencia street um I have a sponsor. Thank you. You know who you are. Um, <clears throat> for example, there's no email contact for me. I mean, Anchor has my email contact, and Anchor knows my identity. Uh, so, well, the company they contract through has made payments to my. They know they they have the contact information. So, you know, as far as authorship or copyright or whatever, I'm, I'm trying to ascertain that. I've had a couple long conversations. Uh, several conversations with anchor about that i've been looking into a lot of copyright law and domains and all that so but i'm still kind of forming uh spirit keeps saying i just need to show up and talk about valencia street house and the rest will follow okay i keep trying to figure out why spirit drives me to that so maybe it's the pandemic maybe it's just a lightning rod for an experience right so um though though let's go back to this um Kind of meandering around as usual. Um, so these owls were going off this morning, and they were talking to each other. And here I am trying to figure out spiritually what this what this place is, house on Valencia Street. This podcast here, and you know, I, I, there's part of me that goes, "Am I supposed to keep talking about it because there's some bones there? Am I supposed to keep talking about it because there's some buried people there?" Uh, I hope not. <laughs> even though that basement still sky, I mean, you know, my friend that went and looked at the house, well, we've talked, we've had a couple hour conversation yesterday about Valencia Street House, I'm trying to figure out what's driving both of us because it's woken something up in my buddy. And I think I'm getting to the point where I'm realizing she wants to see ghost activity. She wants validation of that somehow. She's curious about that. And, um, and that's valid, right? And that's a, a yearning, and I understand that at some level. And here I am, 30, 40, 50 years later, trying to get away from these memories. <laughs> I mean, I won't talk about them and look at them, but the other day we were talking about the ghost I saw in the Valencia Street house. And um, ugh, I physically get nauseated when I remember this, okay? Uh, there's a couple memories I have where it's just like you, you want to double over and just empty yourself. You know, it's like, ugh, I can't even. Every part of me is saying reject, back out, you know. Uh, but um, because when I saw that ghost, uh, I ran down a full flight of stairs and I didn't even know I did it. I was so scared. I, and I was a kid. I was a kid by myself in a big house by myself at night. Or no, wait a minute. That took place. That was during the day. That was during the day. Yeah, that was during the day when I saw him. <sighs> yeah, anyway. Ugh. Trying to talk to my buddy about this who took the pictures of the house recently. Um, she hasn't seen it yet. And, she, she, and also she had a place to sleep where there weren't these ghosts slapping you awake, you know. It makes sense you'd be curious as, an outs as a kind of on the outside. But on the inside, it's weird to say, I want to talk about it. But yet, at the same time, if I had the opportunity to go back there and spend time there, 
for example, uh, I don't know if I ever want to spend the night in Valencia Street House ever again. I never want to spend the night there again. No, 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 no. And um, there's part of me that's revulsing even thinking about walking into the door, even though I'll tell you this. Um, I know at least two of us four sisters have dreams about that house. Uh, it's been a current. I'll go back to dreams about Valencia Street House. I've had that happen with previous partners where there's something I'm trying to answer, and Valencia Street House is the archetype that's uh, helping answer whatever that is. So, um, This begot the question, though, well, if there, are, if there are paranormal activity houses around here in my state of Oregon, would my buddy and I want to go maybe visit these places and see if we could pick some stuff up? The thing is, I know that it messes up. It's really sometimes... Uh, overwhelming uh, because uh, uh, to, to invite that uh, I think I've described a couple experiences where I exerted energy or power to knock someone over because I felt physically threatened or because I was a child and uh, I was upset and I tried to make someone pay, feel pain and they did you know immediately so through my experience though, I learned that that spiritually was bad and that uh when you reach out that way and use those tools that way to darkness it comes back to you right in my perception so where are we going with this um the boundaries about reaching out and doing power stuff but uh hmm, hmm. i'm not really sure where i was heading with that thread although the big thing is being spiritually responsible sometimes oh i know what it is the times that I've channeled for people who had loved ones that needed to talk to them uh, because they had things to say, they'll usually front with um, factual information. Um, one father, <laughs> as a vegetarian, uh, he sent me all these images of meat and barbecues and all kinds of stuff, and he wanted to tell a daughter. He recently died accidentally. Uh, he dropped dead of a heart attack. Uh, I had a very close friend uh, for about, mm, about a decade, came and go, came and went in that one. And uh, But uh, there was a good solid decade of growth and love and 12-step work together. Um, her father, though, was a big personality. And when he figured out I could hear him, uh, he started knocking hard on that door. And he gave me three pieces of factual data that were there was no way I could have known. And he showed me in images. Um, the first thing he showed me was a necklace, a gold necklace, diamond cut, thick, thick gauge, a bit like the Sopranos. You might see Tony wear something like that. It turned out this guy was a bit of a guido himself, although Polish, kind of. Their family was Polish, actually. She had Scandinavian beauty. She was a wide-set woman, freckles, long-term friend. I'm not naming her. On the one time when I was visiting her, visiting her after she lived with me for six months and free, I didn't charge rent. She just cleaned the house. We figured it out and we liked it a lot. We were very compatible. We were sad when she had to go back, back to up to Washington after she finished her degrees. She dreamed of working at Noah that one, but her father. Her father was dead and he needed to talk to her because he died too quick. 
He needed to talk to her. She was a Baptist. Uh, Open-minded, though, bisexual, as I was. There was one night in Seattle in her big house after years of being friends that she'd been drinking too much and she was going through a divorce. I went up there to take care of her. Took my parrot with me. <laughs> I had to figure out how to get a whole full-size cage and a car, travel with my parrot, <laughs> get up there for my buddy. And I did. She needed the help then. But uh, I remember when I was swimming in money back then, I was compulsively working. And I was, I was just addicted to the work and the energy of it. This is, uh, I was on my own at the time. I bought all of her pets. She had about six, uh, four pets. And I bought her six months worth of flea and tick medications. It cost several hundred dollars. But I loved her animals. And I loved being around her animals. And I took care of them sometimes. And so when I have swimming and money, I was like, eh, here's three or four hundred bucks. You know, take care of the fleas and ticks. And maybe my, maybe my pets, but I, I love them, so why not? <laughs> I like doing stuff like that when I'm swimming in money. Um, whereas now, <clears throat> it's a humble, meager life out here. Although there's nobody taking my money. There's nobody beating me up. There's nobody telling me I'm wrong. Uh, although, well, I got some friends that sometimes say you might want to evaluate that. So, yeah, okay, thank you. Constructive feedback, that's an option. That happens sometimes. Anyway, my Polish friend who uh, I was a 12-step buddy with. <laughs> well, her daddy was a big butcher. He had been a butcher in his life. He was a trucks, he was a uh, bus driver. But he needed to talk to his daughter, and she was staying with me. And I remember I'd known her about six months, and we'd been hanging out. Our parents had died, and we clung to each other like sisters and went to a wedding. <clears throat> I had some mixed feelings about that because I didn't trust that guy. And I was right. He cheated on her and left her. He was a not a good guy. Integrity problems. I'm gonna pause. If you if you're gonna have polyamorous relationships, if everyone's consenting, you know, fuck as many people as you'd like to. Get checked. You know, use birth control. You knock yourself out. Uh, but if people ain't consenting, that's a different conversation. That's an integrity problem, right? So but her dad. What can I call her? What should I call her? My Polish friend? Beautiful. She, she was beautiful. She had big blue eyes. Long eyelashes too. Blonde. Mm. Anyway, um, her dad, he was, he, had, he was desperate to talk to her, desperate to talk to her. And I, I, I was trying to figure out if I was going to tell her about this, you know, because um, she knew I was psychic. She knew I was bisexual, kick-ass warrior babe, you know. Service work, volunteer work. Come on, let's let's get down. Let's do some work. So, uh, anyway, um, I was talking to her, and we'd gone to a meeting or something. And afterwards, we were check, checking up. She was finishing up her master's degree, which I helped edit because I have a writing degree. So, um, but uh, I said, well, you know, I think I've told you that psychics is in my family. I tell my friend, and and I said, you know, you just went through a grief and a death, and. Um, we have different religious perspectives, but I want you to know that your father has been talking to me, trying to talk to you. And I'm going to let you decide if you want to have that conversation. But um, there's some feedback he's offering you, and um, I could give that to you too. But um, And so she paused, and she thought about it. My friend, I remember her thinking about this. I gave her some time, took a couple week or, a week or two. And then we sat down, and she says, yeah, I'm ready. And so we had to wait till it's not just me. There's this person that 
it's on the receiving end of it, but there's a spirit going on too. And then there's like, I don't know, the weather. You can't always read people at the right time. It also, sometimes it's geographically connected, but, but the first thing he did was show me that necklace. He showed me a necklace. He showed me a golden necklace. And he said this golden necklace and it had a cross on it, cross on it, big thick necklace. And he was not just, he wasn't subtle. He had big meaty hands. He was shoving, shoving it in my face, shoving it in my face. And again, I'm seeing an image and seeing it in my head. Uh, it's like a memory. It's not a memory. It's somewhere in between. I don't know how to explain it, but there's, he wasn't using words. He was using concepts and images and thoughts. So to communicate to me, this spirit entity, whatever this is, why do I think about philosophers? Why do I think about time and space? Why do I want to watch movies about time travel? Because my friend's father is telling me he's desperate to talk to her and he loves her and he misses her and he feels guilty that he's gone because that family had some major problems, which is why we were in 12 step together as codependent enabler people, types of people. Um, but he was desperate for her, her to hear this. And he, uh, he kept giving me this gold, gold, the gold chain, the gold chain. And, um, and I said, he's showing me a gold necklace. He's showing me a gold necklace. It's diamond cut. It's diamond cut. It has uh, cuts in the metal on its thick gauge, thick gauge, at least 18 carat or higher. This is a really, no, 14 carat or higher. It's uh, not plated. It's a solid gold. The emblem is heavy. It is a masculine cut. And so he's showing me this image of this piece of jewelry. And her eyes grow wide. Okay. And she says he wore that every day. He was wearing it the day he died. And my brother is taking the house. And my brother's a meth head. My brother's taking over and destroying the house. But the only thing I wanted was that necklace. And in the estate, that's what I got. I got the necklace. And I gave everything else up. Well, pause. I didn't know that, but he did because he was there. You can tell me I'm making this shit up. You can tell me I'm smoking crack. I don't smoke crack, by the way, but you know, if it's legal and you, you got a doctor watching you, that's one thing. I, I don't recommend it. <clears throat> I'm not going to hang out with you while you're around me doing it, but <clears throat> so maybe that was a judgmental thing I said about smoking crack. Maybe that was a, a mean spirited statement. Maybe I could say that differently. Um, there's a sentience talking to me, and this is this person's father. This person's father wants to tell them that about this necklace. And she tells me that is the most significant thing that she kept of him. And that is the only thing in the estate she requested of, even though she could have had the house, but would have had to get a lawyer and all kinds of stuff for someone who's got mental health problems, her brother. Next thing he shows me is uh, daisies. He shows me daisies, big handfuls of buckets of daisies. His hands, his big meaty hands are just pushing pushing bouquets of daisies at me, daisies and daisies at me. And it's the white petals, yellow centers, uh, dozens and dozens and dozens. He's just shoving them at me, shoving them at me, almost throwing them at me. Not like violently, but like, show her the flowers. Tell her about daisies. Tell her about daisies, he's saying. Okay, well, pause. This person and I have never discussed her favorite flower at this point. This person and I have never discussed this necklace that her father had. The father told me spiritually. Okay. So uh, he's giving her daisies, daisies, daisies. Tell her daisies, tell her daisies. Okay. And I say he's telling me strongly to tell you daisies, daisies. He's, he's giving you buckets and buckets of daisies. He's just pushing bouquets of, of daisies, only daisies, white flower, white petals, uh, yellow centers. 
and uh, she she starts crying. Okay, now I'm gonna pause. I'm a conduit, and uh, at this point, it's not me. There's a human being using me like a telephone to talk to someone who he loves as his daughter, the responsible daughter, the one that kept a job, the one that was getting her master's, wants to work for NOAA, uh, the scientific uh, marine uh, oceanic stuff, uh, whatever the fuck that big long thing is she wanted. I read her thesis repeatedly <laughs> about fish and, oh boy, that was uh, quite a long time of my life, six months of my life reading that thing. <laughs> You love somebody if you're going to go to their thesis and dissertation uh, presentations. You love them, let me tell you. You love them if you're going to sit for six hours in 100-degree weather at a commencement or a, at a, you know, bachelor's, master's, whatever. You, you love them if you go sit through that <laughs> ceremony, for sure. Okay, um, next thing he shows me, let me get back to this fellow's, uh, the butcher. Uh, the, well, he was a butcher, but he was a good guy. I, I'm a vegetarian. So he's showing me images I'm not going to think about. I don't want to think about these images, right? So she's sitting there and she's like, okay, I've given her two irrefutable pieces of information. This necklace that he described with the, it was a cross emblem. It was a cross, okay? How would I know he wore a cross? How would I know he was a Baptist? Or well, I actually don't know if he was Baptist, he was Christian, right? The third thing he showed me uh, in the introduction of me talking to his daughter, which we had several conversations after this point because this established the, the conversation. Uh, the third thing he showed me was uh, barbecue, barbecue, lots of barbecue and meat. He showed himself to me in a barbecue apron. Uh, <laughs> it had vertical stripes, red and red and white vertical stripes and some kind of stupid uh, design on the front with a, you know, kiss the cook or some bullshit like that. He had a hat on. It was like a chef hat. Okay. It was like a stupid chef hat. And I was like, come on. And, he, and I was like, he looked like Chef Boyardee, some cartoon, something like that. He's Polish too. So I, I think, was he Polish or was his mo her mother Polish? Uh, her last name is Polish or Slavic, I believe. Let's look that up. Anyway. So the third thing he shows me is him uh, at a cookout, at a barbecue. He's flipping burgers over a barbecue. And then she continued to cry. Okay, now again, I don't know. I never, all I knew about his occupation, that he's a bus driver. And she told me this story about him. He got bit by a bat in the bus. <laughs> he was driving a bus at work and a bat flew in the window and threw, flew down his shirt and bit him on the back. <laughs> or was it his ass? It was on his backside. He got bit on the, his back. It was a very silly story. But anyway, so all I knew about this guy is a bus driver. But this guy's standing in front of a barbecue, and he's showing me that he likes to have barbecues. And he goes, to, okay, showing me this image of him at a barbecue with lots of family around. And he's flipping burgers and stuff like that. So she's continuing to cry. And she's just looking at me stone cold. She's, she had these beautiful blue eyes and long eyelashes. She's blonde. Uh, she had this kind of long, fluted nose, too. She had, she was kind of had thick, wide, thick features like a goddess. Like, you know, like a BBW kind of, but... um. Uh, just beautiful, a beautiful woman. Anyway, um, so she says he was a butcher. He was a butcher. He spent over a decade living as a butcher. That was a job. And so for decades, you know, for years, for, or at least for over 10 years, every Sunday he had a barbecue. And he, he wore an apron, and it was red and white striped. And I described it to her, okay? This is a consciousness telling me things to tell to his daughter. 
in this case, it wasn't me reaching out in the network. It was a person who really needed to talk to someone he loved. It was giving me factual data, but there's no way I could have known. Oh, this established to her as a Baptist. It was a, her way to look at a spirituality in a different way. I had a couple things I was going to key off of, and I got a few more minutes, so I'll kind of try to dive into this a little bit. But uh, I guess I just stumbled into what channeling for somebody dead is like. Um, and uh, how it's it doesn't buy you friendship. Uh, you don't have it. The hard part is you think you got something special. You think the pe but people don't trust you afterwards because it's confusing to them because they can't, they can't reach it themselves, but you can see it. So they don't trust you because they can't access it or they kind of trust you, but they keep you in a pocket. They may not socialize with you the same they would with others. They don't, you know, I may also have perception issues regarding socialization about that, but the skill, this gift, whatever this is, it comes down this line. Gave me the capacity to describe several different aspects of this woman's relationship with a man I didn't know, who I thought had a different occupation, who showed me he was a butcher, or showed me he was around a lot of meat, flipping burgers, and wanted to make sure to tell her the red and striped white apron. Okay, someone's telling me this. Okay, now, who the hell am I? You know, the, the, the thing he needed to say was he loved her. The thing he needed to say was he still existed. My perception of why that guy was talking to me was he needed to tell her the biggest thing he was saying. <coughs> excuse me, was uh, he didn't mean to die. He didn't want to die. It was too quick in that case. And, you know, when you're going to die, you rarely get like a long preamble. You rarely get like the, oh, I'm going to get prepared for this and I'm ready for this and I've got my retirement set up and my will. For example, my mother, I brought her a will kit. I brought her to a lawyer's. I brought her to things she needed and she wouldn't take, She well, she was a stroke survivor on 10 medications, who's having a hard time thinking mentally. And I got to give her credit. She's probably doing better than I I realized. She was covering maybe, but also I realized later some of her memory issues that I didn't see before, like fly eyes, for example, knowing that that comes from abuse most likely, not really realizing that until I'm talking about it on this podcast here, right, about my mama. But anyway, Talk about that friend of mine who I lived with, who both of our parents dropped dead within six months of each other. And we were both 12 steppers. So we spent a lot of time together. And I, I invited her to live with me rent free. And then she, uh, uh, I helped edit her thesis. And uh, that was good. And then she just, she cleaned the house for me. She did the groceries and stuff like that. And I loved it. We, we loved, we had a real good time. We spent about six months living together. It was fantastic. And then she graduated from the university that she was in town for to finish her degree for her master's. And then she had to go back home to her home state in Washington. But we aren't friends anymore. Uh, that person, we were friends for about a decade. Uh, she started drinking and um, I went up to visit her once and she came on to me in bed and she was drunk and she taught one. I was giving her feet rubs, shoulder rubs, something like that. And uh, something that's something I'll do sometimes if I'm you know comfortable with you. And it's a way I kind of honor and she, and she came on to me and so we tried to talk about it but she was drinking and she she wasn't a place where she could be hearing me she was trying to process a divorce and she was i think she was just clinging to whatever was there for a little while but uh i'm really grateful we were friends though and i love her deeply on some levels although i have to accept that she may not be in my best interest anymore you know but i like meeting her dad and even though i met him when he was dead and he had a very strong personality just like my my raffle range buddy uh, his grandparents had some strong personalities too. And, you know, in that case, like with my friend, uh, my 12 step buddy who lived with me for a while there, um, you know, I, 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 my goal is to, mm, 
everyone be consenting and let there be peace, you know, let there be resolution, you know. That's the goal there. I think I was heading in a couple directions, but there are two owls tonight. I wanted to go out and record these owls that were talking to each other tonight. Uh, because owls, my mother, one thing that we had that was simplistic that we would assign to each other, I, I was assigned swans and birds. That was my totem. One sister liked seals. One sister liked frogs. One sister liked turtles. My mother liked owls. So what we would do at Christmas time, because we couldn't figure out what to give each other at Christmas time in my family, we give each other themes on, on these. So I'd get birds and swans, and then I ended up having a parrot. Um, but mom's was owls. And owl is the pet totem for Athena. And Athena is the goddess of wisdom in Greek and Roman mythology. Uh, uh, owls have a bit of a mixture when it comes to that type of thing. And I was actually thinking about Sappho lately. I've mentioned her a time or two. I was considering maybe kind of rounding out, trying to read one of her poems possibly, but I don't know if I can find it. Yeah, I had one lined up here. It was about her brothers. She wrote a poem about her brothers, how they were kind of punk-ass boys. And Yeah, anyway. So Athena liked owls, and I spent about an hour listening to owls talking to each other tonight at 3 and 4 in the morning in the dark. My neighbors with the horses, they just moved out and sold the property, so it was dark over there. And that's a concern for security, so i got to be kind of watching what's going on. A couple acres there that are kind of quiet at night. Except for there was an older owl to that. Or maybe it's a male and a female owl. Hard to say. Guess tonight I'm never alone. And I'm talking about the house on Valencia Street, so... You're never alone. You're never alone at the house on Valencia Street. Sometimes it's whether you like it or not. Maybe there's an owl hooting at your window, too. Uh, owls tend to be symbolic of wisdom, sometimes transition between worlds. I'm listening tonight. <laughs>